Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Listening live to Kings of Non Sequitur, the off-season version of In Much Less Detail, the podcast, although the season is just around the corner. Here at you live tonight on a Wednesday night, August the 16th, 2017. I'm Dre, he's Jay. NFL drama in the news. Season hasn't even started yet. And we got some stuff going on back and forth, like it's on a on a Jerry Springer show or something. We'll cover some of that. We'll talk about uh, the stuff really that we were. I wanted to get into in the after show of our last show, but we got cut off in the after show portion. So we'll have to make a live show out of all that stuff. I really, really wanted to talk about the Ravens owner, Steve Biscotti's comments about the possibility of signing Colin Kaepernick, which never really was the possibility. Roger Goodell, his comments about how football is safer than normal life. I don't know how he came across that. Uh, Jamal Adams on CTE, uh, the Jets safety, really unfortunate comments that he made. A lot of stuff to get to tonight, and we'll probably sneak some baseball in there as well, because of course, we're always thinking about baseball around here, especially during baseball season. Jason, how you doing tonight? Jason, you're on mute. I can't hear anything. I figured, uh, I'm here. There you go. I'm here. I was talking and realized, oh, wait, I had my mute button pressed. So here I am. Um, no, I figured you would cut me out of the last show. So I'm going with the conspiracy theory that you heard me laughing so hard <laughs> at the second set of music that you had picked out for the show that you had just said, ah, to hell with him, and, and then just cut me out of the show. I don't know what made it into the show. Um once I don't the dead it. air started, I, I, I didn't have the heart. Yeah, I listened <laughs> to the episode, but I didn't have the heart to go all the way up to that point where <laughs> uh, where the music started and then I got cut off because I, I kept talking um, just on the off chance that there was still show. So I have, I have no idea because if it dropped on your side completely, chances are pretty good you took me right along with you and I was just talking to myself right. and once I realized that, yeah after after a few minutes of just talking to myself I was like oh it's enough talking to myself I, I'll end the show here so oh I got yeah. you beat I went 20 oh. minutes after all that because I had no idea wait I covered all this stuff that I just talked about you I went on and the on show and on. was over it wasn't over. My screen was showing that it was still on. I was still connected. Oh, so so I had no idea. Don't really know. No, I don't know what happened. I uh, honestly, if I had to guess, my internet has had some issues lately. We're just kind of 
sur- almost like a power surge and I'll, I'll lose connection because I'll see it in the corner of my computer. It'll go from uh, hardwire to Wi-Fi and back in, you know, for, for about two or three seconds. And it'll do that pretty regularly, like maybe three or four times an hour. And I don't know why it's doing that. It's just sucky Internet. But it hasn't been doing it lately, so fingers crossed, fingers crossed, we'll get through the entire show tonight. That would be good. And obviously, if we're going to drop, we we need to drop in the live portion, because as we know, once we make it into the after show, that's it. If it cuts me off, then I tried to call back. There's no coming back. Oh, same here. It did cut it cut me off too, and I was a host, so that meant the the show was was over. This show is ah. over. <laughs> well, that was a wrap. So, oh well, you got that means you got some practice last show <laughs> talking to yourself yes. for twenty minutes about about the potential topics that we were looking at. So, yeah, I mean, what are we? We're starting week two of the preseason here. Um, you know, we've already had week one in the book. I'm, I, I have to say, I hate to say uh, that I have watched some of the replays on NFL Network. You know, especially on days when there's no day baseball, and because you can just go right over to NFL Network and they'll replay through the the preseason action. So you get to, you get to see a little bit. Um, I, I don't know if it necessarily in, informs me of anything, but you know, you're always out there, especially if you're. Uh, playing fantasy you're always looking for that like that sleeper guy you know somebody who makes a play and you get a little bit of the the, the local broadcast flair um so it, it's interesting watching preseason football but yeah there's no, if you can if you think you can take something away from from week one of the preseason you're you're an idiot i've stopped watching preseason football for the most part i i can't resist the uh the allure though that first week or the first game that hall of fame game was what a wednesday night or thursday night or something like that and i watched a little bit of that you know five minutes or so um and i watched some more uh this past weekend it's hard to completely turn it away but i really over the years i've learned that there's so little that you can learn as you already uh, mentioned from watching preseason football so i've tried to because it'll take away from my sort of freshness and preparation for the actual season for me if I watch too much preseason football because I'll start thinking certain guys are actually good when the fact is they're playing against the third stringers from the other team and they're looking good against those scrubs but when the actual one starts they're not going to look nearly as good because they're playing against real football players so I it, it harms me more than it than it gives me any kind of of insider advantage to watch preseason football so I don't watch it at all I was noticing in my bowling alley tonight uh, in my during my bowling league that they had on the game that was on NFL Network was, I believe it was Cowboys and the Rams. And the, first of all, the TV was so far away that I couldn't really tell what was happening. And second of all, it's preseason, so I wasn't going to pay that much attention anyway. But the allure, I mean, the, the, the number of heads craned towards the television on either side of the bowling alley trying to see what's going on in this game that doesn't count uh, was, was quite oh, amazing. Sure. That's, it's the NFL. That's what you're going to yeah. get. And also being down here in the South with the Cowboys, there's so many damn Cowboys fans here in, in Memphis, Tennessee. And I've <laughs> talked about that before. So, yeah. Well, you think about only it. Only against a woman with a Cowboys t-shirt on just because, you know. 
had nothing to do the with the Titans. Game. Before the Titans moved down there, right? You know, Memphis was Memphis is in a a dead zone uh, of sports. At least it was for a long time. I mean, the Grizzlies moved down there, but that's a city that was pretty much equal distant from any other sports town. You know, you have to go five six hours in any direction. You have to go to St. Louis, Atlanta. New Orleans, Dallas, you can pretty much draw a circle around Memphis. And I'm going to guarantee if I came down to Memphis, I'd see a lot of Saints, Cowboys, what what used to have been maybe the uh, the football Cardinals or the Rams, probably a little less. I know there's more with the baseball on the Cardinals side because of the Redbirds and uh, a, a, maybe a smattering of some Atlanta. But yeah, Memphis is sort of a, like a mercenary city for sports. If you're an NFL fan and you visit Memphis, Tennessee, um, you're going to be, I guess you're going to be as shocked as I was. Maybe I'm the one that doesn't know any better being from Chicago or whatever, but I was, I was shocked when I moved down here six years ago and I'm still shocked to this day. How many Cowboys fans, Steelers fans, uh, Bears fans, fans of all the Raiders fans, all these other different cities that are nowhere near Memphis, Tennessee, and they have so many people down here that are fans of those teams because, as you said, there were no teams to root for NFL-wise anywhere near Memphis, Tennessee geographically. So you grew up basically liking whoever was really good for a long time. So the Cowboys are really good oh, okay. for a long time. The Steelers were really good for a long, long time. The Raiders were really good for a long time. And those were the the teams that were really good when you, when the people that I work around and the people that I socialize with were kids. Those were the the, the dynasty teams. The Bears were great for one year, uh, so there's a little bit of that too. Uh, but yeah, that's basically it. Is why were you know when I asked somebody why are you a Cowboys fan? Have you ever even been to Dallas? No. Well, why are you a Cowboys fan? Well, they were really good when I was a kid. Go Cowboys. Okay, and why are you a Steelers fan? Have you ever been to Pittsburgh? No. Well, why? Are, what color? They were really good when I was a kid. You know, that's basically what it boils down to here in Memphis. It's it's very very strange. I guess you're gonna get that in the cities that they have no common affiliation to anything. I don't. I have that here. You know, in, in Wisconsin, this whole state is 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 green and gold. I mean, there's there's no doubt about that. So. You don't root for the Packers in a, and in a sampling of Bears fans. You get a few Vikings fans, but this is predominantly this is Packer country. That's, that's all it is. It's Packers all day long, cheese heads and brats and beer. That's that's what this state's all and about. We, um, we both lived in Chicago, you know, 20, 30 years. Yeah. We know what's up in Chicago. It's all Bears yep. pretty much. Yeah, I, I mean, I, it. There, there, there was like a small bit of you know p- people who rooted for other teams i guess we had to get to high school before we realized that people walking around in raiders jackets were probably gang members right but, uh, you know <laughs> wow, there's, there's so many los angeles raiders fans here in chicago <laughs> uh, nope not really whoops so no. yeah i yeah, it wasn't just a surgeon of Raider fans, uh, but you know you don't know that until you develop those those skills and that awareness um, a little bit more. But yeah, it, it's interesting that you basically live in a whole town of bandwagon jumpers. Pretty much. 
you know. But and they're, I guess and that's they're what defensive you get. about it too when you try to point it out yeah. to them. Like, have you ever in, even been in Memphis to City? Shut up. Yeah. And in Memphis, they hate the Titans. Yes, because they feel screwed. Because they feel screwed by the Titans. Yeah. Yep. Old Bud Adams. Old Bud Double Bird Adams. Brought the uh, Titans to. Uh, brought the Oilers to Memphis, Tennessee, in the Liberty Bowl when they first moved out of Houston. Never really intending to stay in Memphis. He always had his eye on Nashville, but he didn't let them know that here in Memphis. They thought they were getting an NFL team for. A long, long time, and they wound up getting it for two years before they built the new stadium in Nashville and moved along. And as a result, you will indeed see very, very, very little Titans gear or flags or anything around here in Memphis. They do not like the Titans, even though that's the state NFL team. Yeah, but you know what will be interesting? Yeah. Has that always been that way? Because, you know, the Titans were really, really good for a while. I mean, and then they went through this period that they're just starting to come out of where they've been really terrible. I'm I'm wondering, and, you know, I didn't live down there, neither did you, when the Titans were actually extremely good. I, I wonder if there was a little bit more Titans love when they were really good, just given the bandwagon jumping nature of that uh, town. It's an interesting question. I didn't move down here until uh, 2011, and the Titans were not good at that point. No. <laughs> Positive though that they they'll be they're on the rise. That's a team I think that that's on the move. We watched them rather fondly last year. Oh, I think we're both gonna have them pretty high up in our little preseason rankings. Or I'm not saying I'm going to put them in the playoffs, but uh, I think we're both going to have to really decide and think hard as to whether we want to uh, make them one of our playoff teams because they, they certainly have a lot of young talent. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to give too much away because I'm already, you know, I've, I'm, I'm forming my my teams here, you know, and, and, and starting to really start thinking hard about our, our preseason picks. And, yeah, I don't want to give too much away. I don't want to get into spoiler territory. No, no, can't be spoiling anything. Now, we did have uh, last show, um, I did notice that we were actually, believe it or not, trying to get some phone calls coming in, but because it was the uh, Hall of Infamy induction show, I didn't want to oh. interrupt that with any phone calls. If anybody had some thoughts that they wanted to share with us, we, of course, welcome all thoughts, even the ones that are kind of out there. Um, and our phone number, of course, is always is area code 646-595-4534. You can find it up there uh, at the top of your screen on the only place that you can listen to our show live, blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail. And if you want to listen to the show not live after it's over with this part, this live part and an after show afterwards, you can always go to iTunes or your Apple device, wherever you're find your podcast just search for in much less detail the podcast that's the official name of the uh show even though these episodes during the off season are called kings of non sequitur you will find our show under the in much less detail uh, title uh if you want to go to your android device and sign up on many different uh, podcasting apps Search for In Much Less Detail, the podcast. You can go to TuneIn. You can go to MixCloud. You can go to Player.fm. You can go to Blueberry. Those are the apps that I know that we're a part of. There may be others. 
And if you find an app that we're a part of and I don't know about it, go ahead and shoot me an email and let me know and I'll make sure to give them their love, give them their props. And if you want to know how to shoot us an email, you just send that to inmuchlessdetail at gmail.com where we wound up having a, a bit of an adventure on our email. Uh, we, we got a very interesting proposition uh, that is still sort of up in the air and unresolved. So therefore, I don't want to get into too many details about it. But it was it was something I was not expecting. I don't know about you, but I, I it, it took yeah. me by surprise. Definitely better than the first proposition that you offered, received on this show. That's not something I really want to go back and revisit. Oh, Although, we won't, we won't go back. Yeah. Oh, uh-oh. Well, playing around on the, uh, uh, I guess you would call it an app, uh, a computer app or, or a Windows app or something like that. But I think you can also do it on your phone. Uh, that's called, uh, it's not Audible. I always get it confused. Audible.com is something different. That's for like books or something like that. There's Audible is like, right that's like books on tape type stuff. This is called Audacity. It's uh, Audacity is an app for if you want to record your voice, uh, record music, uh, put your voice over it. Uh, it's it's an app for people to play around with uh, their computer and, and a microphone and actually get their voice recorded and then go through a process. Uh, there's another app uh, to download and therefore you can make MP3s. Uh, out of these productions that you make. And the reason I was playing around with that app is because the Memphis Grizzlies, the, the NBA team down here, is having uh, an audition for a PA announcer. And hopefully like, this goes again? a little better than... Uh, no, that was the Redbirds that I went through last year. Oh, okay. This is for the Grizzlies. Um, although they were looking for a new PA announcer last year too, because if you remember the one guy, Rick Trotter, that was their PA announcer, uh, wound up losing his gig because he liked to film women's upskirt while in church against their uh, against their will or without their knowledge or permission. And that's a no-no. So he got fired uh, before last season. They actually did have a guy, a new guy come in for one year, but he was temporary. I, re I remember reading that he was only going to do that one year because he had something that he that he does full time, maybe in Houston, I believe. So I, I did know that this was going to be a, an opening again this year. Uh, the adventure that I had last year with the guy telling me that we want a guy that sounds like Rick Trotter, the, the Grizzlies guy, we want somebody with a lot of enthusiasm. Um, and then they wound up hiring somebody else who has a lot of enthusiasm, but doesn't exactly know the players or know how to uh, introduce new players into the game. Sometimes he introduces the new guy at bat during the middle of the previous guys at bat, the guy that hasn't made an out yet, and he's introducing the the, the next guy up. Uh, that's for the Redbirds. That's uh, that's what I tried out for last year and, and did not get that gig and uh, still wish death upon them, but in, an, in the nicest way possible, of course. Uh, this is the Grizzly. This is different. This is the NBA and they uh, are going to hire two people because this is going to be the inaugural year. They're going to start a, a, a Memphis-based team in the D-League this year, I believe called the Memphis Hustle, uh, that's going to be playing somewhere in 
Mississippi. It's one of the Mississippi towns that is so close to Memphis that it's basically like a suburb. It's probably 10 or 15 minutes away from uh, the city of Memphis. So they're actually hiring both uh, a PA announcer for the Grizzlies and for their new D-League team. But in order to do it, it, it wasn't like the Redbirds. The Redbirds, I just went down there with my resume and, and applied right there on the spot. The Grizzlies wanted you to send in uh, your voice. They wanted to hear some work from you. And then they're going to decipher from those people that sent in stuff. And then they're going to choose and have people come down after that for you know an all-out audition. So I had to put something on tape. And, and I had never done that because I'm not a professional voice person at all. But this this audacity tool uh here's another free plug excellent excellent tool uh voice effects you you record your voice and you can go put all these different effects on it echo and reverb reverb and all that uh you can put it over music over the top of music you can play with the music and make it softer so that your voice is louder you can make your voice louder uh you can clean up the noise in the background from your voice it's a very very good tool there's a lot of different ways to use it. And I'm sure I've only used, you know, 5% of its possibilities. Um, and it made me bring, it made me think of uh, the idea that you've always brought up of going back and pulling old clips from our previous shows and maybe putting them in the, in the soundboard here so that we can drop them in during shows. A specific idea that you had would be to take, a quote or a good pick that we had from the previous show when we started doing football picks again and have that as sort of leading off the show, the next show, uh, one of us talking about something that happened because we have so many things that we sort of see happen, not just the the, the game result, but well, the Falcons are going to beat the, the, the Patriots and, and it, they're going to do it in this particular way. Matt Ryan is going to be down uh, four points with, 10 seconds to go. And because he's Mr. Comeback, he's going to throw an unbelievable 60 yard touchdown pass to Julio Jones and, and something like that sometimes winds up happening exactly the way we, we, we called it. And you've always espoused the idea of going back and pulling those clips and having them ready to go on the next show. See, what did I say? Go ahead and play it back. This is exactly how I said it was going to go down. So I'm, I still haven't figured out exactly how I'm going to do it, but there is a way uh, to get our voices on audacity, make it into an MP3 by itself. And then I can have it sitting here uh, in the soundboard and, and, and able to play. And I'm still playing around with it, but I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to figure out a way to, to get quotes from previous shows. And, and that way I can go back and maybe bring up the unfortunate incident of uh, Sebastian uh, propositioning me for gay sex, which is <laughs> the, very, the very first call we ever received to our show yes. was someone wound up propositioning me for gay sex. And, and as crazy of a call as it was, it, it would be kind of funny to go back and hear it. So I, I, I will find a way to get it uh, uploaded and onto our soundboard. That's good. That's good. Yeah, we're, we're, we're progressing, uh, you know. Yeah, that's, really. that's the theme. Without, again, we don't want to get into spoiler territory here. Is, <laughs> is there's things that could be in motion, you know, the good things that for our show and technology is a good thing to use. Uh, I've, I've actually figured out a way to go back and pull clips from our show. Uh, I just need. I just haven't tested with trying to insert them into um, our site. I actually had a program on my phone that was a, a ringtone maker, believe it or not, that allowed okay. you to go into your sound files and rip out 
chunks of them and you know and convert them into files so as long as i can do some of that and rip that out because there's so much material over the oh geez we got to be getting into 200 show territory here 100 a lot of shows i think we're way over uh, 200 uh might be in like a lot of material a lot of material out there um over the years of, of of good things we've said of not so good things we've said that that we could really come up with some solid uh some solid clips i do know that we're starting our sixth year of podcasting uh once the the regular season starts so that's uh five years ago uh we we got on the air with those very nervous first words that we said and and took off running from there and and here we are at potentially a sort of a historical monumental part that uh, I really wish we could really get into all of it, but we uh, it's still up in the air right now, but it's, it's pretty amazing. So I'm, I'm glad we're still having fun at it. And, and I'm really excited about the future. Who knows what it may hold. And it's interesting to know that there was uh, people trying to call in during the hall of infamy show. I, I never would there have was? guessed that. I remember it was area code 404, and I meant to go look that up before the show started. Now here I am in the middle of the show. Um, but I wanted to remember it because it, it might be Atlanta again. It might be the, the previous call that we had on our uh, basketball show. And he was a good call. I, I kind of hope it was him because he was he, he knew his stuff. But either way, if it's Atlanta, that's there, there's something going Atlanta. on in Atlanta. Because we, okay, we... Uh, gotten quite a few calls from Atlanta so they you know it's funny I I've talked a little bit about the Dan Bernstein up in Chicago who's one of the best sports talk show hosts going he's been doing it for 20 years oh sorry (laughs) and he his partner Terry Boris retired last year so his new partner uh Jason Goff Jason Goff used to work in Atlanta. You, he, he got his first full-time talk show gig in Atlanta, wound up losing that gig. But he's talked a, a lot about Atlanta sports talk and the way he paints it. There's only one guy, so I, I'm, he may be exaggerating. I, he may not, but he's, he's the one that's got the experience down there. But according to Jason Goff, sports talk down there is a, a sort of a wasteland, like anything sure. of quality – will be eaten up and and consumed greatly because there's so little quality down there there's so few guys that are actually talking about anything they know it's just a lot of homerism like uh, what do you think of the Braves all right what do you think of the Falcons let's go Falcons a lot of cheerleading a lot of uh rah rah let's go Hawks and, and not not a whole lot of uh intelligent discourse going on there according to one Jason Goff. So maybe that's yeah. something about uh, Atlanta calling into our shows that they're starving for sports talk of any kind, even if it's a show from two guys who don't really have anything to do with Atlanta, although you are the big Falcons fan. But uh, true. I don't know. Good point. Maybe, maybe that's it. Yeah, we've maybe had several. We've had a few. Falcons we have had fan. a few calls from the. Uh, we have had a few calls from the Atlanta area. Some better than others. Four oh four. Yes, <laughs> the second call we ever received after Sebastian on the same show, if I recall correctly, was an Atlanta guy. <laughs> yes, which started a... off as a great call and then sort of devolved. 
Um, and a healthy, uh, yeah. an unhealthy Got obsession with Ben Roethlisberger's yeah. uh, rape situation. Yes. Yes. Well, I don't. I don't know what it is about Atlanta, but hey, keep calling, keep supporting us. We appreciate you guys. And I, there's a, a good chance if Jason ever swings down there for another game in Atlanta with their new stadium, uh, if I can tag along, I'd love to check it out myself just to get to a game. I'm the ultimate NFL outsider. I've got a talk show about the NFL and a blog about the NFL. I've never actually been uh, to an NFL game. So that'd be a nice uh, first introduction, I think. Uh, certainly wouldn't be too loud of a crowd from what you tell me. Wait, you've never been to a pro game ever? I have never been to an NFL game. Wow. How did you not know that about me? I, I Maybe I did and I just forgot it. Yeah. No, I've, never, several, I've been to a lot of football games. Um, you know, I, I, on the other hand, have never been to an NBA game. Wow, really? Okay, I'd say I didn't know that about Never. you. You know, and that's probably, huh. I hate to say it, it's probably one of my regrets having grown up with the Jordan Bulls that I never got to go see them. That was an experience, I have to tell you. Just, uh, in, you know, being that young, it's not like I knew a whole lot about basketball, but just the electricity of sitting through a Michael Jordan game in his prime, yeah, that was that was special, I must admit. Yeah, that's, you know, having, having been through that and lived through that and watched enough of it on TV, it's probably one of those things where I'm like, man, I wished I had just gone and experienced that one time. And so what does going on in the NFL thus far here this early in the preseason has got your attention? Uh, any of those topics that I mentioned at the top of the show? Well, you know, we had alluded to it in the previous show, and I had made a joke about it, and you said, oh, we're going to get back to that, um, which was your oh. <laughs> hero is back in the league. <laughs> and there seems to be a disconnect between my opinion of it and the the narrative's opinion of it, because there, there no longer is, like, objective, rational thought about anything anymore it's it's just the narrative you know the this is what it has to be and no matter what happens we are going to fit it into it and i'm talking of course about jay cutler um coming back from quote unquote retirement um to go cover really for yeah to, to cover for uh ryan Tannehill having season-ending surgery and going to reuniting with his former OC in Chicago, now head coach of the Dolphins and Adam Gase. I am of the opinion that this is a good thing for the Dolphins, not the narrative. I found that out the hard way the next day on all the sports block of talk shows on ESPN and on NFL Network, almost universally up and down. It's what are they doing? He's a buster. He's terrible, um, almost universal, just slamming of Jay Cutler, who you and I were not, I almost feel like we ended up sort of being like Jay Cutler apologists, but we didn't mean to, you know, and it, it almost felt that way because we were so far on the other side of the crazed lunatic bear fan who whose idea was that Jay Cutler was the worst and he had no heart and he had no guts, even though he got sacked 
like more than any quarterback in the league, it seemed like every year. I see him going to a team with talent, you know, with a running game, with decent wide receivers, and a top half of the league defense. I don't necessarily see this as, oh, the Dolphins are done, which was the narrative the next day. Oh, Dolphins are out of it. They're, they're, they're toast. I didn't see it that way. So maybe I maybe that's just me. He's not tough. He was going upstairs after he hurt his leg. I saw him. He was at the um, mall. Yeah. <laughs> I, you're absolutely right that I don't really want to spend a lot of time of my life defending Jay Cutler. Right. But it's really... <laughs> It's really only because I know Jay Cutler is the type of personality that doesn't give a rat's ass if anyone defends him. So it's it's really wasted breath as far as that goes. He doesn't appreciate the fact that so many people sort of stand up for him and, and try to fight the fight uh, uh, that he's not a, a bad guy, that he's not a bad football player. Uh, so I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time defending him again. But I'll just say, look, you – cannot look at Matt Moore and any of the other options that the Miami Dolphins had and tell me that Jay Cutler is a worse option than any of those guys. You just can't. And I think the reason we've become Jay Cutler apologists over the years was because we are in the business. The whole point of our show is in the business of trying to investigate what is actually happening and what is actually likely to happen in the course of trying to figure out which team is the better bet on a given Sunday against another team with the point spread. There is no room when you're trying to judge which is the better bet to put your money on. There's no room for, I don't like the guy. There's no room for, he's an asshole. So therefore I'm I'm going to root for him uh, to fail. You have to judge everything for what it is to do what we do to, to have these over 500 seasons Uh, that we have had percentage-wise against the spread, which I say it every year, and I'm going to keep saying it, I defy you to find somebody uh, picking games, picking every single game of the NFL season against the spread and giving you over 500 percentages every year. It just doesn't happen. The the handful of guys that we see picking every single game against the spread, they don't turn in over 500 seasons every year. In fact, one guy very famously – uh, on the Yahoo site, turned in one of the all-time worst seasons uh, a couple years ago, and oh, to yeah. his credit, bounced back last year and had a pretty good season. But it's not easy. It's not, and the only way you have any shot, any shot, of having success picking against the spread like we do, is to be objective about it and to to not let your personal feelings color it. So, in in that vein, the the Cutler coverage. It's sort of political. It's it's very reminiscent of uh, you're going to cover something in the political world one way or another based on how you you want to portray it, based on how you feel about it, not based on what's actually happening. And, and that's that's hashtag sad. That's hashtag fake news. Hashtag sad uh, that some people feel that they have to do it like that. But yeah, Jay Cutler as an option at quarterback, as a veteran option off the street is so much better than a lot of different backups in the league uh, because of the fact that he has played at a, at a pretty high level in the NFL for many years and knows what it takes 
to produce at a pretty high level. As always, you have to throw in the caveat, does that mean he's perfect? Does that mean he's a great quarterback? No, he's not great. Sometimes he's not good. Many times he torpedoes his own success by making really stupid decisions and committing turnovers. There, He has his faults. They're out there for everyone to see. He doesn't care. He doesn't dwell on them. He just does what he does. And I'm still not completely sure why there's such a narrative out there that he's a bad guy and he's a douchebag. He may be a bad guy, maybe a douchebag, but he strikes me. He's always struck me over the years more as just a guy who's he, he doesn't take football as seriously as a lot of other guys in his position. Tom Brady, every time he speaks about football, it sounds like it's his world. And that's, even more amazing considering he's married to a motherfucking supermodel. You would think his world would be a lot more inclusive than just trying to stay in as good a shape as he can to keep playing football. Uh, You would think he would spend his days in bed with his supermodel wife and not really caring so much about football, especially at this age uh, that he's 40 years old, especially with all the money that they've made. But he's, he's a little crazy. He's driven. He's ultra driven to succeed at football. And as a result, he's got the rings. He's got the argument that he might be the greatest quarterback of all time. And Cutler could have all of that if he, I guess, applied himself more or took it as seriously as Tom Brady does, but he doesn't, he's a different guy and that's okay. But I think that, I I guess that's at the, the heart of the Cutler hate is that he doesn't seem like he has the fire and the passion. He doesn't seem like he really yearns to be the greatest football player that he could be it's sort of a it seems like it's a job to him and and not really uh his life's passion or something like that and i don't i can't hate a guy for that there's so much more to life than than playing football i i'm i'm not gonna hate on him for that i really not no and, and and from that standpoint you're right i mean i do think that we over the years have proven that we're fairly objective i know we have we have our rooting interests but by no stretch of the imagination when it's when it comes to this show and what we're doing in a friendly competitive way um but also just trying to 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 not make ourselves look like idiots i, I think that's more of a driving force for us when we make our picks and do what we do is that at the end of the day we're just not trying to we're just not trying to shit the bed and embarrass ourselves uh in the general record and you know we've been doing between what the podcast and the blog, this has got to be seven or eight years um, of what we, it's amazing to think about it when you go back now and you think about the longevity that we even, you know, the longevity of doing this just in general back to ni- the 1990 season. But then the fact that it's been on the record as many years as it has. And, and in those seven, eight years of doing this, neither one of us have, put up that, you know, 347 win percentage season. I mean, our worst seasons are a handful of games under 500 with some really good seasons thrown in there. So overall, I think that the the record does speak for itself. There is a, a body of work that I know that we're both very proud of over the years of doing this. And, uh, it, it, yeah, being a homer, and making the picks d- doesn't work. So when we do look at someone like Cutler, where where he was reviled in Chicago, and and we both have come to the 
realization a bit unjustly that uh, when I look at him going into the situation that he's going to in Miami, and maybe I'm not necessarily looking at it just from the prism of how it's going to make me pick the Dolphins against the spread, but when I actually look at how that helps that team, because we do a season preview that's not based on the spreads and everything, I, I did not buy into this automatic that he's a bum and they're going to suck and that's it right off the Dolphins. No, that's where the I same people saying that were the same people criticizing Cutler for having a a long face on the sideline, or he didn't go to help Caleb yeah. Haney out when he got hurt. He, he didn't go, even though he did go help them. He did go talk to Caleb Haney at times. He just didn't hover over his shoulder every second. And so when the camera was on him a couple of times, he wasn't standing next to Caleb Haney and everyone just took that and ran. Oh, he's not helping the kid. He's an asshole. He's just out for himself. People just want to project so many things on, on Jay Cutler. And it's kind of mind boggling sometimes. Yeah. So that was probably the first thing. That, that I noticed out of all of it that I just wanted to, you know, I thought we, we were going to touch on on the last show was that. I guess he has, he didn't play in week one of the preseason. I guess he's going to go out there, get some reps. Uh, I, I guess it was announced that he is going to play in the Dolphins' next uh, preseason game. So, you know, week two and week three of the preseason are probably the most meaningful weeks because you actually do get to see a, a chunk of the starters. Um. You know, I mean, other than in the, some of the teams, they you got to see the first team offense for like the first drive, and there were some teams that didn't even play uh, their, you know, their their franchise players almost at all. And so this is at that point now with the preseason where you know any, any guy is nicked up for any reason, he's getting held out. Um, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, as I'm going through and watching some of the, the replays of the of the game this week coming up on NFL Network, um, how that goes down. You know, is he going to be, is it, is it, does he look rusty? How does he fit in with that offense? You know, is it going to be the dink and doink Jay Cutler? So very, very interested to see um, how that all shakes out. I don't know if you were paying any attention to what was going on with the Cubs game tonight. <laughs> Just No, um, not at all. But this was a uh, the, the Cubs are playing Cincinnati right now. One one of the worst teams in baseball. Um, yes. They had a six. They were winning six to one. Blew the whole thing. Oh, So Cincinnati came back and tied it in the seventh and eighth inning at six six. And then I just Hector, got a little alert that popped up. My Hector, Hector Rondon and pitching. Hector Rondon pitched the seventh, and uh, Carl Edwards came in and gave up the booty in the eighth. And uh, I just got an alert on my phone that uh, Javier Baez scored on a wild pitch to win the game for the Cubs tonight. Huh. So wild game, back. wild game in Chicago there. You know, that's those, that's the type of games that you win when it's, when it's sort of your charmed season or it's, you, you got that mojo going, you got that, that magic in. They won a lot of games like, like that last year. It felt like anyway. And maybe it's about time for that to start happening again this year. They got the Cardinals breathing down their neck, which I was completely shocked by when they, when St. Louis actually caught them for the uh, for the division lead a few days ago. So they they're going to have to step it up and win some games like that. Yeah, it's it, it's tight. I mean, you've got that that division is uh, four games all clustered within about 
five games of each other. You got the Cubs, the 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 Cardinals have overtaken the Brewers. Cardinals went on a huge winning stretch here, seven, eight in a row or something like that. The Brewers were they seem to be slay, slowly fading. The Brewers are, are 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 doing the same move like the Yankees, <laughs> where they're just like, eh. It just you feel the fade slowly starting to settle in, and then you've got the the Pirates who are they just always hang around. They just they won't go away. They're like herpes. <laughs> just when you think they're gone, they they pop back up. Sorry, Pittsburgh. We're not trying to alienate any cities here, but uh, that's that's harsh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, my sort of thumbnail, quick, uh, without any real research opinion of what's going to happen with Cutler. My objective look at it without judging his personality or anything. Off the top of my head, I would say he's going to succeed against the teams that don't have a really strong pass rush because he and Adam Gates did have seemingly some sort of magic that one year in Chicago. And he's going to struggle against teams such as the Patriots that get after the quarterback and and they're going to tear down that terrible Dolphins offensive line, which is how Tannehill got banged up in the first place. He's been sacked 7 billion times each of the last four years. Uh, so those teams are going to have some fun against the Dolphins and, and the teams that can't really rush them. Color will probably look pretty good. Yeah, I I don't see them uh, backsliding the way that the uh, the national press were, were necessarily uh, right. saying that they would. Obviously, there was a fit there for the Dolphins enough to make a move. Um, they could have they could have ridden in with with Matt Moore or some variety of of backup and second and third and lesser string quarterbacks, but the, you know the, that that was a playoff team last year um, that unfortunately had to start a lesser quarterback in a playoff game, a winnable playoff game, by the way. God, don't um, remind me of that it, game. It was oh, that was ugly. Yeah. That was the game uh, where Matt Moore uh, got concussed, but was apparently okay to come back <laughs> right. in. Uh, yeah, to come back. We, we referenced that in the last show. We were talking about the, the dumplings with, with Kurt Warner, uh, that Matt Moore <laughs> had his dumplings right? moaning. Dumplings. All right, he's good. Send him back in. <laughs> yeah, the Dolphins oh, yeah. could have went with any variety of quarterbacks that were less accomplished than Jay Cutler, and they decided to go with Jay Cutler. So that's good. That's a good thing. Despite what guys like Whitlock would say. Yeah, it was. It wasn't even. Uh, you know, I actually didn't get the uh, Jason Whitlock version of that. I, I got most of that from uh, from ESPN, and uh, it. He but was it was. It was the. Yeah, you know, in in a twenty four hour news cycle where everything now has to be boiled down so that it looks good in a one hundred and forty character tweet. Um, everybody said what they needed to say to properly bash Jay Cutler. And that's exactly how they would have it. They wouldn't have it any other way. Right, without actually breaking down what the move might actually mean. You know, like they basically just took a... They just took a team that was good and just made it garbage. Yeah, yeah. There was very little, if any, I would actually have to say zero actual conversation about what kind of situation is he going into? What's that offense look like with him in it? 
you know, you know, actual breakdown. But it doesn't surprise me anymore because every, everything just has to be a, a uh, something that sounds good in a in a soundbite or a tweet now. Did you hear a couple of weeks ago uh, uh, when the New York Jets had their fan form to sort of open training camp? Did you hear the comments uh, that their rookie safety Jamal Adams made? Oh, you mean about dying on the football field? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I heard it. Um, I guess there's not much to say about it. I definitely just wanted to address it. Uh, I guess just to say this is kind of what you're going to have to have in order to have people continue to make the choice to play football, because as generations go on and get more knowledge, more and more people know what you're doing when you decide to play football for a living. And they they should have known before just, you know, banging your head up against something all the time is going to be bad, but more and more scientific evidence. If you're the type to believe in science, there's a lot of us out there that don't obviously because we're stupid, but for those of you that aren't stupid and believe in the science, you're going to have to have guys who think like Jamal Adams. If you're going to have an NFL in the future, because more people are going to be like John Urschel, uh, the Baltimore Ravens offensive lineman, who is one of the more brilliant brains in the country, uh, very advanced mathematical genius level but decided to play nfl football because he was big and strong and good at it and uh carved out six years in in the nfl but just decided to right in the middle of his career decided to quit uh to try to preserve his brain before he gets turned into dumplings and you're gonna have to have guys like jamal adams who are willing to what did he say literally if i had the perfect place to die i'd die on the field and the Jets fans know that they're going to need guys like that because you know what their response to that statement was? They started applauding. What goes through your head when you applaud a man who says he would die on the field? He would die for your entertainment. He would die in the middle of entertaining you, the fan. And you go, yeah, that's what I want. Yeah, well, What the hell kind of person is that? But that's sort of neither here nor there. Um, but yeah, that just made me think of the type of person that's going to need to, to, to fill in the roster spots taken by the the Calvin Johnsons and the uh, it was a Chris Borland the for the 49ers and the Patrick Willis's and the, so many guys who are retiring way before their their prime is over um, and in Borland's case I think he only played two years or something like that but there's a lot more of guys who are just calling it a day and not going through 10 15 20 years on the field beating their heads up they don't have to do it they're smart enough not to do it and that's not counting the, all the guys that never even get on the field because they decide in high school or college that this isn't going to be something they want to do they, they don't want to bash their brains around for for our entertainment so as creepy as jamal adams saying that he would die on the field we kind of need people to think like that and it's it's unsettling but it's the it's the sport that we love, and that's kind of the that's kind of the crossroads that we're at right now as fans. We we kind of have to cheer guys like that. Yeah, you know, and there's a context to it too. You're in a fan forum. I mean, are you talking about a guy who's speaking? Hope you don't know. Maybe he's talking a a little bit metaphorically. You know about just 
all out and leaving it all out on the field and you know, if he's going to go, he's going to go doing what he loves, and he, he's all about the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 and playing football and laying it all on the line. Yeah! Um, if, if there you go. But if that's your if that's your context, then okay. Now, now keep in mind, I don't want to generalize football players, not the most eloquent overall. It, it, you know the the choice of words isn't is, isn't always the best. You know, I, I I'm not expecting a, a a breakdown of of philosophy and life when I get a a football player yelling into a microphone, especially in a post game interview. You know, which <laughs> or when a guy just got drafted and starts dropping f bombs, and you know. I'm just saying, um, which, which although we, we we made fun of poor Tack McKinley, that was one of the more refreshing moments of the draft. I think we agreed. Um, you know, Certainly where would we different. talk about, or when we talk about guys like Richard Sherman uh, giving their post game interviews, where it's not just the uh, I'm blessed. I just want to thank Dave Jesus and uh, you know, played hard. Yeah. You know, you know the drill. So we, I think, find it a little bit more refreshing when we get the, the like the the Bart Scott moment or the or or Sherman or any of those guys who are actually giving you something real, even though these guys are almost always universally panned for doing it. Um, I think you and I fall into the category a little bit more often that we it doesn't bother us. <laughs> it, it's better than what you're. You, it's like. There's only two outcomes when you shove the microphone in the face of the guy who just made the play that that won the game. He's either going to revert into the one game at a time. It just it's all thanks to my coaches and my teammates and and, and God, or he's going to give you that. You know, he's going to make fun of uh, Michael Crabtree really bad. You know, <laughs> mediocre. Yes, mediocre. Yes. Oh man, and uh, that—that's just the way it's going to go. Um, so overall, I see your point. It, it is—it uh, is uh, honest. It does smack of uh, something that yeah. he didn't think of on the way to the park. That I'm going to say, I'm going to tell him that I'd rather die on the field. I'm going to really get everybody riled up for it. It does strike me as something that just came out because he was just being honest, yeah. and, and that is that part is refreshing. It, that's still an unsettling sentence to say but i just feel like in in the in the current climate where every word and everything is so poured over and it's immediately cast to history there's no taking back anything once it's said it's out there forever and and something in print and something in context and you could take the same quote and show it to 10 different people. And it's, it's almost like what we're seeing now is becoming a, a Rorschach test almost for people that you can take the same words and show them to people. And, and some people look at it and, you know, well, it means one thing or some people look at it and oh, I'm offended. It, it, it has become, everything has become so hyper sensationalized that you see a quote like that. And if you read it literally, you go, Wow. This guy's fucked up, you know, or 
if you read it more figuratively, maybe you you know you fall on it. It's just amazing that you can take the same quote and and come away with with so much different stuff. And then thanks to everything that we have now with 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 the social media and the internet and 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 just the you know and something menial can <coughs> excuse me can become huge. Who ever cared about what somebody said at a Jets fan convention or whatever the hell it was? Think about that. Well. The commissioner, old Fidel Goodell, at that very same Jets convention <laughs> had something to say that also, if you take it literally, uh, and you have to take it literally because it was a, it was a statistic that he threw out, uh, so you kind of have to take him at his word, but it's really hard to believe because it's just so out there. Did you hear what he said uh, when asked about CTE and uh, players' health uh, in the league? Football is good for you. The average NFL player lives five years longer than you. So their lifespan is actually longer and healthier. And I think because of all the advancements, including the medical care, that number is going to even increase for them. To I which don't I respond, know where he got those numbers what? from. What the fuck? What number are you talking about, dude? Where did you yeah. pull that shit out from? Uh it was some study, uh, as I'm reading on the uh, the Yahoo Sports uh, football blog, uh, they said that it was a number from the from a 1994 study from the Centers for Disease Control. 1994 is a long time ago, and yeah. I don't think guys were kind of going as crazy as they were with uh, with CTE back in 1994. They weren't. They, they were big and strong. They weren't this big and strong. They weren't uh, running around killing themselves uh, and trying to preserve their brains. They weren't shooting their family and then shooting themselves. Uh, they weren't quite where they are right now in 1994. So number one, the, the, the stat just smacks of being disingenuous anyway. But number two, the study that you're going to cite is some 1994 bullshit, which no one's ever heard of. So I don't think it's got a whole lot of merit myself. Yeah, and don't forget, there's also with all these players now, and and, and, and a lot of people, even people in the common population, you don't just have to factor in what's going on physically, their brains, you know, bashing around, sloshing around the head. People have been playing football for a long time. What you also have now are this, you know, no one knows what the mixture of all these things that these guys put into their bodies, quote unquote, you know, the, the, the flaxseed oil, um, you know, the cream in the clear, <laughs> any of that kind of stuff. We don't know what that mixture is also doing to people. It, it could be, you know, it could almost be like a toxic, almost fatal combination of what these guys are doing to themselves to, to literally almost die out on the battlefield, right? Okay, Jamal Adams. Yes. That that was just one of the, the stranger things I've heard. It's like, so now we're, we're at the point where we have to make up stats and interpret things the way that we want just to try to keep lying to people and, and pretending yeah. like football is safe. The, the thought of saying that football players live longer than normal people when we're seeing football players die that that's such a slap in the face to all the football players that have died so young to, to Dave Duerson to Junior Seau to all those people that have actually died much younger. what do you say to them to their 
the average player lives longer than you. That's just unbelievably. But but it's Roger Goodell, so you almost expect stuff like that out of him. More on our after show when we come back. Now into our VIP after show program where hopefully we'll be able to get through more than 15 minutes. Well, and you know, it goes almost right back, which is funny what you were talking about there with them using this 1994 study to talk about the, the, the life expectancy of players, even though that's like a full generation removed from where we are now, it, it, it's, it fits the narrative. See, he, he had a position and rather than use evidence to get to the position, he just found whatever conveniently fit the position to back him up. And, that, and presented it as evidence, even though it actually... Exactly. Is. Right. So it's it's basically <sighs> instead of, you know, there, there's no there's no cause and effect anymore. There, there, there's just the narrative. And as long as the narrative is upheld, nobody cares about what happens as long as you uphold the narrative. There's a credibility problem in the NFL office that's uh, pouring over into uh, pretty much every decision they make. This suspension of Ezekiel Elliott that went down uh, in between uh, our last show and this show, where they decided to give him a six-game rip for domestic Mm. violence incidents. Ah, Allegedly. Alleged alleged domestic domestic violence violence incidents. And now coming out today with all these reports where they're, I guess, putting the the accuser in the spotlight and, and making it seem like she was willing to make up stories against him. And, and the players union is not exactly thrilled with all of this. It, it's it's it makes your head spin sometimes. This is not something that should be going on uh, in, in any professional setting you should not have the arbiters of somebody's livelihood coming out and and dropping reports impugning him even more uh even you know if it's evidence that's one thing but if it's just stuff that they're sort of throwing out there as if they're tmz and look at what other stuff we found it may or may not be true but just look at this it feels like I'm reading a, a tabloid now when I read about the NFL and the front office decisions that they make. And I don't know what to think anymore. Yeah, the whole thing, you know, I apparently in the NFL, the you know, this is all unfortunately approved of, quote unquote, by the collective bargaining agreement where they've handed all this power over to the commissioner to just do whatever he wants. And, you know, and he's going to throw around his weight in any way he can. We saw this with uh, with the Deflategate thing, you know, where it becomes almost like a uh, a vendetta, you know, like, he, you know, to, to, and, and, and how he's going to use his power and he's going to do it. And, and you are going to uh, submit because I'm the commissioner and, you know, you know, you're all millionaires. I have power over all of you. I can, you know, just... Right with a flick of a pen, I can get you right out of, right out of football. So you better be in line. This this one, uh, uh, this, this doesn't 
whatever, whatever happened, happened, I guess, doesn't matter. Why did it happen? Whatever happened, you're guilty. You're innocent. You're guilty. Other ways. You just got it the other way. You got it the other way for me. Basically, now guilty guilty until you're innocent. And I don't know how you prove yourself. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what you do. This is, this is not just the end of the world. It just seems, seems like, like seems the, the way it is, way it is now. Also, also, also you have to do is come out. And that's it. That's it. Did it. Did it. Even though it may turn out that you didn't do it. Do it. And then we'll very quietly sweep that under the rug. And, you know, oops. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe it's missing someone a six game six game six game suspension for alleged you know issues here. Now not what we don't know maybe he did it. We don't know, but that's the whole point. It doesn't matter. Maybe doesn't get you doesn't get it done. At least that's what I thought. Well, a lot now, of did the, you hear? Uh, I, I, just not to get off on a tangent here, did you hear about uh, like with Lucky Whitehead? What happened with him with the Cowboys? Uh, yeah, not that much. Not that much different. It's like a dude that looked like him <laughs> got busted for something. They cut him from the team, and then it came out that the the guy, Oops. the Lucky Whitehead, was in another state. Oops! Not when you. the whole thing went down, you, and then. The, and the Cowboys kicked him off. In the meantime, though, the Cowboys kicked him off the team. He was guilty without any proof. He was guilty. And that's another example of sort of the hierarchy of star power on your team. They would never, ever, 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 ever have done that to Des Bryant. They would never have said, no, oh, true. you got yeah. into legal trouble, and now you got to go because we have a zero tolerance. They have a zero tolerance policy against scrubs who are just kick returners for them. It's not yeah. about, uh, not about right or wrong. It's about, uh, are you expendable, and what's the balance of potential trouble with you versus your value to the team? And if your value, your value to the team is very low, then we're just not going to tolerate any potential trouble with you. So we'll kick you off the team, even though you did absolutely, literally nothing wrong. But the police <laughs> said somebody that looked a lot like you did something wrong. That's good enough for us. So yeah, that's fun. <laughs> that's that's quite uh, that's quite the story there. Um, that that, that I, I don't I don't. It's extremely unfair to Lucky Whitehead, and, and my uh, sympathies are with him. But that's just another to me. Uh, that's not really news. That's another example of of if your star power is such that you're invaluable to your team. You can pretty much get away with anything. Ray Lewis can get away with double murders and stay on his team and and sit there in a Super Bowl. Allegedly, allegedly, alleged double murders that he knew about, and no one could convict him of it. Uh, but he's a star. He's a he's a big star, so he can stay on the Ravens. Now they would never have someone like Colin Kaepernick on their team because he's trouble. But Ray Lewis, oh, he's fine. Explain that one to me. Yeah, it, it, that's it, the whole thing's <laughs> messed up. So yeah, you, I didn't quite get the whole take from you. Yeah, I went off on the tangent about Lucky Whitehead because I almost found those almost like parallel, you know, 
where you get a guy that's suspended for allegedly having a domestic uh, violence issue. Um, right. And then you have another guy who gets cut from the same team because somebody who looked like him did something bad. That's just, <laughs> whoa. You know, and that's not even getting in. Now, now I am not the uh, guy who's usually out there, you know, looking for the racism, but wow. That well, you know, one, black guy, long hair. Yeah, look I could see that being. I could see that being just a little bit racist. Just, just, a, just a, little. a little. Never got brought up at all in the media or anything like that. But I'm thinking, oh, what? What? What, what are you saying? It's because he's black, and then the guy who did it is is black. Oh, I get it. Yeah, you might as well cut him. Might well, be him. The just cut half the team. Well, they just cut half the team. Yeah, they're all black, so yeah, they they could have all yeah. been the guy. So we'll just cut all of you. All you on the wrong. bubble, yeah, yeah, just to let bull on the office, just just so you guys know, uh, it's nothing personal, but y'all kind of look like this guy that did something bad, so we got to cut <laughs> all of you just to make sure that it wasn't any of you, okay? But you'll look, Turn you'll your playbook, thanks, guys. Come on, yeah, you understand what we have to go through. The problem <laughs> with the Elliot thing is is the, the the league office appears to sort of be arbitrary in deciding these punishments because the there's supposed to be a mandate of six games for domestic violence but some guys who get domestic violence rips get to plead that sort of plead that down to four games or three games or whatever depending on the appeal and some guys get three or four games assigned to them by Goodell after he investigates it right off the bat before you, they even appeal it and so it's like, why did Elliot get six games and all these other guys didn't get six games, even though they also had domestic violence issues that you couldn't prove that their their victims also didn't go to court like this one. And it's all sorts of situations where you, you're, you, you look at Goodell and it almost seems like he's just sort of flipping a coin and deciding what, what's kind of justice he's going to lay down. All right, this time I'm going to go six games because I really need to, need to be tough in this particular situation, even though it's pretty much exactly the same as these other situations. And I think that's what a lot of people got upset at right when the, when the uh, suspension got announced. And now the last couple of days with this, he said, she said, he said, uh, with the league office releasing things that the accuser may have said or done and things that Elliot may have said or done, uh, it's it's a complete mess, and it's not over yet because you brought up uh, Deflate Gate. Uh, it, unfortunately, it looks like it's going to go down that road as far as appeals, and uh, Elliot's got to have his day in court, and the the punishment may not be over yet. There may be an, an appeal to the appeal, and this who knows this thing might wind up in in uh, uh, federal court like the uh, Deflate Gate did after a while. And it, it shouldn't have to be like that. As you said, the, no. there's so much power given to Roger Goodell thanks to the collective bargaining agreement. And a lot of this can get shut down if the next time that the uh, CBA comes up, the players actually band together and say, we will not agree to anything unless this power is taken away from the commissioner because he has too much power. And for them to do that, they have to be willing to possibly strike and not get some of that money that they've been depending on. And, and that's what you got to do sometimes. If you really think your working conditions are unfair, you will 
go on strike and, and put that money aside and just not get that money for as long as it takes until you get what you think is fair. And nothing, none of this may get solved until they do something as drastic as that. No, and I actually, on that one, I mean, nobody wants there to be a strike. Um, but yeah, that that's just, that's a pretty raw deal. Um, and actually, when you when you followed through on the whole Deflate Gate thing, if you you know it was we didn't really talk about it much on the show, especially the legal stuff because yeah, I don't want to we, we don't want we didn't want to be getting into like OJ territory. We were going to turn into like you know Roger Kosick and Greta Van Susteren here on the show, you know, doing all the OJ crap. Uh, well, I didn't tell you that uh, Nancy Grace is going to be on our next show yeah. in a couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe our ratings would have gone up if all we would have talked about was was Tom Brady and Deflategate. Um, we could have gotten some more people in uh, Burkina Faso uh, to listen to the show. <laughs> no, we have we all those, that's where all those 19 and no perfect Patriots shirts went, remember? <laughs> is that where they all went? <laughs> that's where they all went. <laughs> um, we figured it out. That's you know that's why it's why we get so many listens from over there. People they're they're learning like alternate histories. Like wait, no that that that's not right. The Patriots they won that Super Bowl. The Patriots did ah. not go nineteen and zero. I hate to inform all of you in Burkina Faso, but the Patriots did not yeah. go nineteen and zero. That's why you have those shirts. So yeah, we we never really went down that pathway. But one of the reasons why. That eventually, even though lower court judges tried to 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 hold it up, because you know, it it's you know a lot of the lower courts just try to throw out what they think is right, even not really reading the law. When it actually came down to the law having to make an interpretation on it, it they basically concluded that well, it was collectively bargained. He can do whatever he wants, and that's why it was upheld. Upon further review, they didn't need further review no roger goodell is the commissioner of the nfl was collectively bargained that he is the judge jury and executioner and he handed out a punishment and you're not going to litigate your way out of that one it was it's on paper it's in black and white and i'm sure it was written by lawyers and it made perfect sense and a judge basically no matter what they thought even if they were the biggest patriots fan in the world that wasn't going to be able to, to to make a ruling that said that, you know, well, you can't do that because then at that case, now guess what? Now the NFL countersues and it just keeps going. So I think they just decided to like, well, hey, you know what? Maybe you guys shouldn't have signed this damn thing, huh? Maybe you guys shouldn't have allowed the commissioner this sort of leeway. And I, I do have a feeling, like you said, that the next time this comes around, if there's anybody for the players union – um, that has the best interests of their players at hand, they won't allow this again. Well, you think this would father, go to some kind of an independent panel. Elliot's father is making it sound like they're going as hard as they can in, in whatever appeals and in, in as high of the uh, of a court of the land as they can possibly go. They're going. So they're get, get ready, folks. If you're not... Yeah already aware that this is going to be another one of those long drawn out legal cases. This is going to be another one of those long drawn out legal cases. So don't say you weren't warned. Yeah. And he's right. They're going to lose. <laughs> yeah. Because again, he's the commissioner and it's been collectively bargained and he can do what he wants pretty much. 
and that's and that's correct. Whether you and I, no matter what we think of it, doesn't matter if it's fair, foul, or right or wrong. It's guess what? What it's what you signed. It's it, it's your contract. That's your working agreement. And he's your boss. That's it. It's over. Now, did they give him a six-game suspension with the intention, like we see in like in baseball or in a lot of these other ones, where? He'll appeal, and then it'll go down to three or four, probably. I I do get the suspicion that that's what we'll probably end up seeing. They better get on that quickly. There's only a couple weeks left before the season starts. Well, you know, and as long as it stays in appeal, um, he can play. Oh, is that right? I believe so. If you appeal the ruling, I don't believe you have to – you know, that's why didn't that whole thing with Brady last like almost a whole year because of yeah, all the courts I and everything. That's right. Yeah. Because all they ended up yeah, doing, it wasn't like right Goodell reissued the suspension. It was finally yeah, just, just upheld. Up, so being yeah. up, upholding the original. Yeah. Right. <sighs> I can probably see it playing out over another year or so. Something crazy. like Because you're going you're gonna to have uh these domestic situations keep coming up. And if you're going to just going to, if you're going to go three, four, four, three, four, four, and then this guy is six, you should expect to, to have that fought. Yeah. You, it's not a surprise that they're going to fight that all the way. Cause it's like, dude, what the, what the fuck, what gives? And I wasn't convicted of anything. What really? Yeah. Come on. I mean, what did, what did Ray Rice get? Oh, and well, initially I think it was just two games, right? When it first happened, the then all the came from, right? backlash it, happened. It, yeah, right. And then he got suspended, in, quote-unquote, indefinitely. Right. And as we've talked about when that happened, the only reason we didn't have to hear about him trying to fight to get back and, and try to figure out when that indefinite suspension was going to end was because he sucked at football and nobody wants him anymore because he can't play. And that goes right. back to Lucky Whitehead again. It goes back to your trouble that you're causing the organization versus your value as a player. And Ray Rice's value as a player had expired because he was averaging three yards a carry. That's all it right. came down to. If he was well, averaging it, four it, and a half yards a carry, he could slap his woman around as much as he wanted to. It even it even ties into the whole Colin Kaepernick thing. Colin pa- Kaeper- Colin Kaepernick could have been out there shitting on the American flag <laughs> if he was putting up the numbers, yeah. right? I mean, Michael Bennett can we, take all the needs he wants because Michael Bennett is yeah. a very productive football player. We just we just saw Marshawn Lynch. Uh, it, was a, it wasn't even like it was a big story. It was just a little quick blurb that, you know, oh, Marshawn Lynch uh, sat on the sideline eating his Skittles, I guess, apparently during the uh No, it was worse than that. Anthem. My uncle actually uh, – put up a post about it on Facebook. He was eating for whatever reason, he was eating a banana and Oh, okay. Fox News really went hard letting you know that the black man was sitting on the bench eating a banana protesting the anthem. And you, you don't have to really think too hard to wonder why they specifically focus on that. And my point to my uncle was he probably ate the banana on purpose knowing that shit hits like Fox News, Fox News would focus on the fact that he was eating a banana. I didn't even get the thing with the banana. <laughs> yeah, th- things like that don't happen by accident. Oh, uh, but 
it did not get as sensationalized. It was it was quick, right? Because Marshawn Lynch is a good player. Colin Kaepernick didn't get sensationalized that much when it when it first happened. It was after a, a few weeks. It was after he changed it up and decided to uh, uh, to take a knee instead of sit down. Then more people sort of became aware of it, and it just snowballed from there. And it was also that he uh, expressed w- exactly what he was protesting, and he did it in in an in an articulate way and actually put real issues out there. Part of it is going to be Marshawn Lynch isn't going to give you any articulate thoughts because he's not extremely articulate. So it's kind of hard to really run with a lot of Marshawn Lynch stuff. And Michael Bennett's thoughts are pretty much as articulate as Colin Kaepernick. But I think for for that, there's a little bit of uh, been there, done that because of what Kaepernick did. So it's just not quite as inflammatory because it's not cool we, anymore. You know, it's just, yeah, like, yeah, he wasn't first. Another, so. Yeah. There's just another guy taking a knee. There's another guy sitting on the bench. Okay. We've just sort of come. Yeah. It doesn't quite have the meaning, you know, or, or bring anything to light um, anymore. I guess. Another guy. Another yeah. black guy that's yeah. hating, hating the fact yeah. that cops kill unarmed black men disproportionately whatever it's just another one of those yeah yeah no big deal so that's part of that for as far as i'm concerned oh i wanted to bring up the uh the the steve biscotti comments from a couple weeks ago when they were pretending like they were interested in bringing in colin kaepernick uh as a quarterback because of joe flacco's injury situation uh, he's not out for the year like um, Tannehill down in Miami, but he is hobbling around. He's been hobbling around, and it's been known that they probably want to bring in somebody uh, at the quarterback position to to help uh, the depth there at that position. And they played with pu- they publicly played with the idea of bringing in Kaepernick, and then uh, at a, uh, a a Ravens. Uh, team function there uh, it was an open stadium practice. Uh, Biscotti had these comments when talked to, when asked about the uh, possible signing of Colin Kaepernick. He said, "Quote: We are very sensitive to it. It's been discussed between Dick Cass and Ozzie Newsom and John Harbaugh. We've talked to a lot of our current players and a lot of our former players. I was speaking to Ray Lewis this morning. I know Ozzie had a long conversation with Bing Watson." I won't divulge people's opinions, but I think you'd be kind of shocked at some people that are against it and some people who are for it. It's not racial lines. It's not existing players versus former players. I care about the fan base, but I have to absorb the opinions of the players that have been there. Collins made some assurances, I think, through his intermediaries that there would be no protesting, that he wouldn't, that he would be standing for the Pledge of Allegiance. And he went on to talk about possibly hurting the brand. He says, I know we're going to upset some people and I know that we're going to make people happy that we stood up for somebody that has the right to do what he did. Nonviolent protesting is something that we've all embraced. I don't like the way he did it personally. I kind of liked it a lot when he went from sitting to kneeling. I'm Catholic. We spent a lot of time kneeling. Um, And he ended all of that talking about pray for us. This made me throw up for this reason. Be a man and stand up and say, 
I'm not signing that guy to my team because that guy stands for something I don't believe in. And he did something that I thought was reprehensible. Don't throw it out there. The, the treating Colin Kaepernick like a political football to me is beyond the pale. You don't have to mention his name. You don't have to put his name out there as a possible signee at all. There's so many teams around the NFL that have never mentioned Colin Kaepernick pers- uh uh, publicly because they have no intention of ever signing him. You don't have to go through this dog and pony show. You don't have to bullshit everybody. Just don't say anything. Or if you're going to say something, be honest about it and say, I find him reprehensible and I'm not going to sign him to my team. But this mealy mouth halfway bullshit where you're pretending like you're going to sign him and you had to talk to all these other former players and you have to get all these opinions. And what you would be surprised that some people actually don't think that, uh, that he stood up for the right thing. Okay. Whatever. But it's not up to those people. You're the owner of the fucking team. It's up to you whether you sign him or not. And just say that you don't have any intention of signing him, but don't get out there in front of microphones and play this half-ass mealy mouth bullshit and talk about pray for us. What the fuck does that mean? What does that have to do with anything? This is on you. This isn't about pray for the right decision. This is on you making the decision that you want to make for your team. And I'm not saying that you have to sign Colin Kaepernick. I'm fine with you deciding to not sign Colin Kaepernick because he's might not be that good at football. And he might be totally wrong for your system. That would be a complete style change to go from Joe Flacco to Colin Kaepernick. He, he might not be a fit for your system. That You can say any of those things instead of saying this bullshit, but just I, I don't like the dishonesty. I don't like being pissed on and told it is raining. You know, I, I get enough of that every day with the with our current president. So I'm just sick with, with all the dishonesty about it. Just don't sign the guy and don't pretend like you're going to possibly sign the guy if you're, if you're if you're not going to do it, if you're not going to even consider doing it, just don't even talk about it. Yeah. I mean, and that just sounded like a, that, that sounded like a, Oh, what's the word that just sounded like the most drawn out guy, di- diplomatic. The guy is trying to say something, but he's dancing around it and just doesn't really have the thing, you know, the, the stones, like you said, to come out and just say we're not bringing him in. But he was, he talked about this whole process and we talked to people and coaches and players and, oh, it's surprising. It's like, eh, okay. At the end of the day, who cares? You're not signing him. You got asked a question about a sensitive guy, a guy who's, you know, quote unquote use controversial and you're trying to, you know, not look like you're, you know, not signing him because of the controversy or, you know, so I don't get it. I don't get it. Nobody can win though. No, but nobody can win. You can't, you can't come out and say what you think and you can't come out and dance around, you know, because again, you can take a quote, and again, you can put it up on the board and some people are going to read it and be fine. And some people are going to read it and be like, oh, aha, I see what he's saying there. I get what he's saying about when he says that you'd be surprised by who disagreed. That means that black people. <laughs> I get what he's saying, right? You, you can read into it or you can take it for face value. There's, there's no in between. 
it, it, you can you and, and you can also take one quote and we can sit here and talk about just that quote for a whole hour and come up with 30 35 40 different meanings of what that one quote really meant that's why less is less is more less is more these days you got to keep it into 140 characters or less don't they get it that's first in pizza's job to take one quote and make an hour long program out of it that's not our job <laughs> right there's so many teams. The Packer have the Packers said a thing about Colin Kaepernick. No, have the Bears said a thing about Colin well, Kaepernick. No. There's, there's they're not so going many, to. No, I, I understand they have Aaron Rodgers, but my point is, every team has backups and third stringers, and every mm-hmm. team theoretically should have an opinion about a veteran NFL quarterback who, not that many years ago, was a few plays away from winning a title, and they should all have the the discussion about whether to bring in Colin Kaepernick. So theoretically, they should all have an opinion about it, but most of them aren't going to give that opinion because they don't have to. And that's my point is if you're not going to bring them in, don't give an opinion. Don't pretend like, well, we might. We're thinking about it, but we have to ask all. We have to ask Ray Lewis, who's not on a motherfucking team, and even if he was, is on the defense, so it doesn't matter anyway. But we have to ask Ray Lewis if it's okay to bring in Colin Kaepernick. What the fuck are you talking about? Get out of here with that. It's just disingenuous bullshit. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and everything is the gotcha moment now. I mean, it, it, it's it's everything. Uh, only if you say the wrong thing, you can you can get gotcha. If you're just honest about it, I don't think there's too much gotcha that can happen if you're just completely honest with what you say. It's when you try to bullshit people that they play gotcha with you. As from from what I've been observing. Okay, I don't know. It it's it just it it seems like there's just a whole lot of that going on right now. So what else was on your mind this evening? Oh, not too much. We we we've done a good job of not talking about the president. Thank you. Uh, look, there's, or, or there's nothing. There's nothing new there. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I just I can't I can't take it anymore. Although I did I did watch the I did watch the the whole speech that he gave, and it's just like, oh, uh, you just you just you can't you, your head feels like it's gonna explode at any given moment. I you know, and, and I keep bouncing back and forth. Did you watch the Did you watch his speech? Not the, not oh not the good one, the other one. Yeah, but that's the thing. Everyone's got an opinion on it. But nobody watched it. I watched it. I, I actually took the time to to watch it because I'm like, okay, what is everybody talking about? And I and I sort of just vacillated back and forth between I can't stand him, I can't stand the media, I can't stand him, I can't stand the media. <laughs> you know what? I came I came to the opinion by the time the whole thing was over that I just can't stand any of it. It's just the whole thing's gonna like you've got all the like the, all the people throwing questions at him during this press conference and it starts off and it starts off at like this, you know, he, you already know that there's that tension with, with, with them, you know, with, with Trump and, and the media, cause he hates them all and they hate him and they are looking for that gotcha. And the questions, they're just lobbing the questions in. It's like they're throwing grenades and he's at, it throws some of them. He catches and throws back, but most of the time he just pulls the pin and blows it up himself. <laughs> you know, because it's like they're, it's like they're baiting him into it, and he's just falling for it. It's like just shut up. 
what are you doing? Oh, you know, and, and at one point, what are the, I was so glad. Um, if you do yourself a favor, watch it. It's like 16 minutes. But watch it because you just, you, you, at one point, this wasn't even something that Trump said. My favorite moment of this whole thing uh, where he was talking about the, like the violence and, you know, and all the hate groups and all that stuff. He, he <laughs> at one point, you hear one of the reporters shout out, do you, do you denounce the Confederacy? <laughs> Somebody actually asked the president if he denounced something that hasn't been around for 152 <laughs> years. Do you denounce the Confederacy? Like, like that, like that's a legitimate question. When you think about it, you're like, oh, what's 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 the issue here? Is it is it the issue that somebody was it stupid to ask that question? Was it the issue that somebody felt the need, or is it valid? Oh my God, do you denounce the Confederacy? Like, like it was a real ongoing thing. It is Ugh. in too many people's minds, unfortunately. But no, it really didn't have much to do with the events that he was talking about—the the Confederacy. Oh, no, um, but and it it, 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 it it was just it just got shouted out. But yeah, you're 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 watching this whole thing it's spiraling out of control between the, the the escalation. You can you can feel the 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 reporters and the media. They're going for the jugular, and he's throwing it back at them. And it's like they're literally verbally fighting and he's telling them that they're fake news and they keep throwing all the, the, the like just, just just more and more incendiary questions and you know eventually it was just going to spiral into aha we got that sound bite yes everybody let's run it's like you could surprise everybody just, just get up and just run you know if you remember the movie airplane where they all run into the booth when they get the story and all the phone booths fall over because everybody ran into the <laughs> phone booth at the same time i'm surprised that's not what happened but that's what it is. But you know that's that. So yeah, you, you say something stupid, you give anybody an inch, especially these days. In, in the days of Twitter, they're going to take a mile. And I'm watching this whole thing. I'm like, oh, I can't take it anymore. I can't take it. I can't take Facebook anymore. You know, I, I go on my Facebook, and and the first thing I see, literally the first thing I see yesterday, is someone who's a friend of mine has a post. Now, we, we talked about it. We didn't vote. There's a post that comes up. It says, if you voted for Trump, and it's got this whole long laundry list of all the horrible things that you are. And I'm thinking <laughs> to myself, that, that's, that right there is, that's the problem, is that this, this you know, the, the, they're accusing him of doing what I just got on my Facebook page and someone's doing right back, which is this, you just paint with the broad brush. And you do all the generalization. So yeah, every, every person, 62 million people, every single person who voted for Trump, you're a racist, you're xenophobic, you're a homophobe, you hate this, you hate that. And oh my God, I can't take it anymore. I just can't. Well, as far as the media playing gotcha with Trump, that's a perfect example of what I was talking about. So I, I believe that the media plays gotcha with the guys that are disingenuous pieces of shit. Because they didn't play gotcha with Obama because he was actually mostly honest about it, things. I mean, he's a politician, so there's certain things he's not going to be honest about, of course. But he was mostly straight up with you, and they were mostly straight up with him. With Trump, he's not straight up about anything. So, of course, they're going to play gotcha with him. So it's, there's been two years of that. It's going to be three more, and it's not going to end anytime soon. And that's why I don't watch press conferences with 
Trump and, and it, he's not going to say anything new. He's not going to say anything uh, that surprises me. He's not going to say anything really of importance because he doesn't have anything important to say. So I don't have to listen to him. And as far as the reporters asking gotcha questions, yes, I expect that because the game now, now that you've elected a, a, a talk show host as president, the game now is get him to say something stupid so that we have a story for tomorrow. And it, it, I, that's, I, I, I'm with you. I, I recognize that that's the game and it's, you know, not right as far as that's not, that's not really supposed to be the role of the media but that's what it is right now unfortunately uh but yeah I, i'm withdrawing from a lot of that myself because there's nothing that's going to really change it, they're, they're not going to be able to kick him out of office because he's got all the other republicans with him uh, on, on his side uh there's and you know he hasn't really done anything to get you know to get impeached yet i don't believe um, that we that we know about, he keeps thwarting any investigations on Russia, so we don't really know what happened there. Um, but there's really nothing new under the sun when it comes to to Trump, and and so I'm really you know done with the whole thing. As far as I'm concerned, I'm like this is what you wanted. This is what America voted for. They, there's no surprises here, as far as I'm concerned. And nothing he said in that press conference. I didn't watch it. But I saw a number of quotes, and I read some other, some more quotes. It's, no, I didn't see it all. I'm not going to see it all because there's nothing really new there for for me to see. But yeah, th this is what you're going to get, and this is what you should have expected voting for Donald Trump. I don't know how anyone could have expected anything other than this because this is what he gave you for two years while he was while he was campaigning, and 62 million people, like you said said, oh, yeah, that's what I want as my president. I'm going to vote for him. Okay, well, this is what you got. So there, there's really nothing new there as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and although when we when we, when we had our we, we, we had our spirited election breakdown, I don't know if 62 million people necessarily voted for Trump. I will venture to say that a vast majority of those people were voting against his opponent. And you get what you know, you get what you get. Either way, and, and 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 that's sort of the whole point is like what what would be you know I've always made the point of nothing would really be different had the other person won. I think we'd have almost the exact same environment and situation because th this this country is this is not a country run by the president. I, I it's not. So this this is all this is all reality tv right now it's perfect that we have a reality tv star as our president then because that's all we're getting yeah unfortunately um things would have been different there wouldn't have been these uh rallies by uh all these neo-nazis they're being emboldened by the fact that they got one of their guys as president now so it wouldn't have been quite the same but i do recognize that there's still an element of uh sort of circus you know bread and circus going on with the president, whether it would have been Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump, there's an, there's an element of that with just with all these news networks nowadays that have to churn out content and have to make, have to create debate, kind of like what we see on ESPN, uh, very similar there. Um, so, but not exactly the same. There's, there's definitely something extra with this guy uh, in office uh, uh, as opposed to an actual politician like Hillary Clinton or somebody else. Uh, that this guy every time he opens his fucking mouth, it's like, oh my god! So it's <laughs> like nothing we've ever seen before. 
Uh, yeah, you know, and, and I'm not, and I'm not saying I'm opposed to the idea of somebody from outside of politics running for office or attaining that office because we clearly the business as usual just hasn't gotten it done. You know, and I think there were a lot of people that there may have been a lot of people who voted for him specifically for the reason that he was not from the system. But the system will eat you alive. He's anti-war. Now we're going to nuke North Korea. Come on. You're, you're telling me that those are, you know, it's it the, 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 the machine. You know, remember, we're from Chicago. We know all about the machine, right? That's what they called the political landscape in Chicago. We know what the machine will do to you. And all you have to do is get into the machine, and it's a grinder, and that's all it is right now. The machine's going to chew him up and spit him out. It's just the same thing, and in all of the rest of this, you know, the, the given given speech, saying stupid shit, and all that, it, it's not going to really uh, ultimately uh, change anything. You know, if we're going to to go to war. It's not going to be because Donald Trump wants to go to war. He's not going to sit there and go, you know what, guys, let's go to war. And all of a sudden, we're at war. No, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. It's not going to be because of him or whoever was voted president. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world right now. And you know, I'm always of the opinion, too, that when something like this happens, that you got to start looking the other way. What else is going on? You guys got to watch. A lot of this is this. It's the swerve, right? You know the WWE. <laughs> It's magic. It gets you looking one way so that you don't pay attention to what's going on on the other side. And this is this news cycle. It's like very interesting when you start to find out the things that are going on in the world um, when you're not paying attention. Something else about the uh, events of Charlottesville this weekend that kind of made my stomach turn is on the media because there definitely is more emboldened. Uh, Nazi people and and white supremacist types nowadays because Trump is the president. What do you mean? But it's not. Wait, wait a minute. This is how is this any different than the the Nazis marching through Skokie? Well, that, yeah, I was about to. That? I was about to say my yeah? that's sort of my point. Well, Trump was the president not, when the Nazis marched through the Jewish neighborhood. Yes, there were others doing it before Trump. That's true. Right. I, it now, doesn't change that they're a lot more emboldened now because of him. Right. But but on the other but, side of that, and I'm, you know, again, you let people be idiots. Just let them be idiots. Judge them as idiots. Don't attack them. Don't don't be stupid. What are they, what, that's the thing. It's like when, when the Nazis marched into Skokie and we all go, oh, my God, can you believe they did that? Those assholes. The Jewish people in the neighborhood didn't all attack them. Oh. That's the stuff. That that's where you lose your legitimacy to protest, counter protest, do all that stuff when you start fighting. You you, it, you you shame the people, point the finger, do all that stuff, but don't resort to violence. That's when things go bad. That's just my opinion. There's no reason. You, you, that's the way I come down. Because now you have the media coming down on the side of. You know, one side's bad violence, the other side's good violence. That is the slippery slope. Because when do we decide who's good and who's bad? Then for now, it's easy to point at neo Nazis. Okay, yeah, okay, we all agree they're bad, but where does it stop? When do we all of a sudden have a group that's maybe just a marginalized group 
where it's okay to go and beat them up. So you, that's that's where that's where you got to watch out. You just let the people go, say their stupid shit. There's no press. There's no coverage. The whole reason that this is all coming up. I mean, you're you're basically the people who are going out there and sensationalizing all of this are almost like helping to recruit for the other side. So I hope I haven't, I haven't seen anyone, uh, le- any legitimate news organizations suggest that it's okay to beat anybody up. So hopefully that's not happening. Uh, I haven't kept up with every single uh, outlet, but what I was doing Saturday morning was sitting at my job, happened to be watching MSNBC because it happened to be on in the, uh, in the break room at my job. So I knew about what was happening the night before in Charlottesville. And I knew that there was a lot of coverage about it and a lot of craziness about it. And I knew there were counter protesters. Uh, that would, that had been in the news building up for the last several days that the, this white supremacy uh, March was going to happen. And all these counter protests were going to go there to, uh, to counter protest it. So I knew about all of that. And Saturday morning, I'm watching the, uh, the coverage of the, the next morning where there's still counter protesters. There's still people from the night before the, the neo-Nazis and the white supremacists. And there's sort of, I, I didn't see one side or the other instigating any altercations, but they were having altercations all over the TV cameras and the TV cameras are filming all of this and showing it to the world and beaming this, activity happening and even before the uh horrific incident later on that day with the guy driving into the crowd and killing somebody um even before that i'm thinking i really don't like sitting here watching these altercations being broadcast because this is not i don't i I don't see the newsworthiness of it but i see i I understand why it's on it's because it gets ratings it's because it gets people to watch It's Geraldo and the skinheads, right? Yes, it is. It's a lot, very much like that. And it's, I don't see the point uh, of televising it other than it's going to make a lot of people at that network money because they're going to get a lot of ratings. And that's where I just kind of shake my head. Like, and, and that's not going to, to turn around the other way either. We're not going backwards from sensationalizing stuff like that and putting a, a, a several TV cameras on it that's that barn is that you know that barn door is closed as well but so the media to me that you know 98 percent of the blood of that dead woman is on the hood of the car of of the jackass that drove into the crowd and killed her not all not a hundred percent though a couple of percent of those is on the media for for bringing those elements there to charlottesville for for broadcasting it because guys like that 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 show up and want to drive into other people they were probably just sitting at home and not maybe not even knowing that stuff like this is going on i think that guy's from ohio he's not even from charlottesville virginia yeah there was a lot of there was a lot of agit prop going on there and that's the other thing you know you, you don't know all it takes is two or three bad bad seeds in a crowd to turn something violent and you got to know that that's probably going on on both sides that you can take any situation with social media and everything now. And all, all it takes is one idiot with a, with a baseball bat and a megaphone. And you can probably incite a whole lot of people to violence. Um, and we just, we see it all the time now. 
You know, the cops don't even want to do cops are like, now nah, we're out of here. We're just gonna let you guys all fight it out. It's the Thunderdome now. Bye guys. Here's a few chainsaws and some spikes. And let us know when you guys are done. <laughs> well, We'll we'll corral you all out of the way. So so here we go. I'll go oh, on the whole. This another, guy didn't die, right? This they didn't they didn't another, kill this other guy. Words, right? It's the ghetto. It's just it's just yeah. Well yeah, the cops don't want to go there either. Yeah, just let it let the, the animals just, let the animals kill each other. It's yeah, I mean, uh, yes, yeah, so where the cops? The cops guy. cops could have jumped in there and probably had that whole thing secured but they just no oh, you know whether it's political interference or the cops themselves deciding um whatever you know we we've seen we've seen this in the past where like you've had the mayors of cities basically go ah look at it, let them do it no let them all fight <laughs> it's like what is going on so it's a strange world that we live in right now so i'm gonna go on the bold prediction thing here because they didn't kill this guy so this guy's alive which means i hate to say it He's innocent until he's proven guilty. Watch this guy get off. <laughs> and then this whole thing. I'm telling you, I don't we can cut this out. This guy will go to trial. He'll pull some self-defense thing. Oh, they were attacking me. I didn't know what I was doing. I just hit the gas to get out of there. Blah, blah, blah. This guy is going to get off. And it's just all gonna happen again. Watch it. Right? If he gets off, absolutely, it's all going to happen again. Yeah. Oh yeah, this guy will lawyer up, and you know he'll he'll get himself a good lawyer, and they'll come up that someone will there's there's footage of this whole thing. Someone will come up with some kind of a convincing story to a jury. All it takes is one. All you gotta do is convince one, right, OJ? All you need is one. Oh, and uh, yeah, watch it just and just watch the world burn. Let's just get your popcorn. I'm telling you, I've made my making my bold prediction here. This guy's going to get off. I'm not saying it's right. I'm <laughs> just saying, you know. But if you can, if you're playing this out in in the narrative, the narrative would be okay. So we've got the violence, we've got the protest. What would what would take this to the next level? So I really do get the feeling that there's people behind the scenes that just want me to hate you and you to hate me. You know, for for nothing more than just the color of our skin. There's always been those people, I, though, but it's more I, so you're right, nowadays. I, it, I, yeah, and I get the feeling that those people that that think that you know are, are watching this, you know, with the little, they've got the little Machiavellian thing going on, and they're twirling their mustaches, and they've got their Mister Burns thing, excellent, you know, and they're just watching this whole thing and just loving it. So yeah, watch this guy get off. Just watch. It wouldn't such. It wouldn't shock me. And then we'll get. You know, you can put your feet up and put on your news network of your choice and, and just start watching the cities burn. So how much of this uh, email am, am I allowed to get into or are we going to discuss any of it at all? Ah, it's, it, I think we I think we go live with it. It becomes a bigger thing than than a, than a possible thing. Yeah, because it's just, it's so nebulous right now that I would be, I don't know what I would be describing or talking about, so I, I guess you're right about that. Yeah. We'll just leave that, uh, we'll leave that be. But potential, potentially good news. Potentially big news, a potential first for our show, if it actually comes true. Yeah. All right, that, that's, that, that would be, that would be very, uh, that would be very exciting. 
especially going into football season here, you'd think that that would make perfect sense to, to have something good happen for the show. As we, I can't believe it's going to be, this is going to be our sixth season. Is that right? Sure is. Start of That's our nuts. sixth year. I know. I can't believe it. <laughs> now, I don't know about our next show. Uh, I remember last year I went on a little bit of a guest spree and I was able to get uh, the commission of our fantasy league and uh, Tim, mm-hmm. the uh, the DC correspondent. We had, uh, of course, Renard and Cavs from Football Fan Rush Radio. Uh, we've had in the last couple of years because they invited us to be part of their fantasy league, but I haven't gotten any communication this year about uh, a fantasy league. They may, if they, if they're going to do it, they need to kind of hurry up because yeah. you know, time well, it's because I, it's because I won, it's because I won the league last year. They probably didn't <laughs> like that. Yeah, they just bandit. So, so I don't know. Yeah, I, I, we I, have I, this. Yeah, we have this. We have this league for you know us and our fans and these guys from these other podcasts show up <laughs> and ruin the whole thing yeah and we're the ones that showed up for the draft and the other ones all did it in, in auto so we <laughs> we're obviously doing too much and we're taking it way too seriously. uh last year last year wasn't as bad they had about no. half the people turn out last year but the first year we were the only ones i remember i, I remember it because i was in a hotel room on vacation and the whole draft was over in like twelve minutes. <laughs> it was I just was you and me. on the edge of the bed. I was sitting on the edge of the bed making my picks. And my, I put my phone away. My wife's like, "I thought you had a draft tonight." And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm done." <laughs> like, oh, okay. I remember my, you know, my son was in his. Uh, my son was still in the little pack and play. I mean, this is going back, but last year, a much more active draft. I do remember for that league. So. We'll see. I, yeah, I have not received any invitation. Of course, I don't have the uh, NFL football fantasy app on my phone, so I could have received something, but I think I would have gotten an email by now. Yeah, uh, Renard would have tweeted me or something if, if they had set yeah. it up uh, by now. So I, I'm thinking they they may be just dragging their feet on setting, uh, setting it up, or they yeah. may just decide to not do one this year. We'll see. They're just licking their wounds from having, <laughs> having us win, having me win. Did you win the one the year before? No, I don't. I I, I may okay. have been in the finals and lost. Okay. Um, which yeah, because I was quite upset that I drafted my own team and then did well enough and made it to the playoffs, and I was feeling really good about everything. And I may have even lost to Renard, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, oh. I don't believe I won that league. But yeah, we'll uh, we'll see what happens uh, with that. We'll see. Uh, if I get any other guests, I don't, I don't even know if I'm going to ask any uh, other guests. Cause I just feel like I'm imposing. I don't want to ask Kamish or Tim every year <laughs> to, to do a show. Cause I, you know, feel like I would be sort of bugging them a little bit, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see how I feel. Or well, if, you, if you have any guests that you might want to have on. We're still almost a solid month. I mean, if I'm remembering correctly, we usually do our season preview. Uh, a night or two before, before the season opener. The, the, the yeah. Night, uh, right. Cause we're, because usually we do the season preview and we have a Thursday night pick. So usually we'll do right. it like on that Tuesday or Wednesday night before the season opener on that first Thursday. Um, if they're doing a Thursday open this year, which I would assume they are. Yeah. Um, I'm sure they are. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all about the money. So I would all assume that there's the a money. Yeah. I would assume there's going to be a Thursday opener, so we're probably doing that season preview show um, that Tuesday or Wednesday night right before 
the season kicks off, which actually would probably leave us enough of a cushion if we wanted to sneak in one more show um, that we could. Yeah. So that's sort of what I was all leading up to, was saying we might have another show before our season preview, but we might not. I'm not sure. Yeah, we may. You know, I'm sure as things progress here, I'm, I'm sure we'll. There's always we can always talk. We should just put the microphone in front of us and we'll talk for two hours. I think we've proven that. Um, yes. So, yeah, <laughs> not a problem. Um. So yeah, I think I think that we'll probably. I, I would say I'm leaning more towards that we would have another show sometime between now and then. Kind of shake off the shake off some of the rust to get ready for football, especially as we get deeper into the the preseason here and you start to see some injuries and a little intrigue. You know, last year we were making fun of the whole Dak Prescott thing. Well, yeah, that actually turned out okay for Dak. Through one rookie year, uh, absolutely. He is now the franchise quarterback in Dallas, and good luck to you, kid. Yeah. So, all right. I guess we'll we'll see everyone maybe once. Otherwise, we'll see them for the season preview, which I'm sure will be fun. Yeah. We're always trying to out like outwit each other and outfox each other for what we're coming up with. So let's hope we don't end up with a baseball situation where we have all the same teams. <laughs> I, I don't think that's going to happen just because I know I haven't talked to you about it at all, but I think I said at the end of last season, two teams I know I'm not picking to win the title this year. I'm just going to give that away right off the top. I'm not picking the Falcons or the Patriots. I think the Falcons put such a charm season together offensively with Kyle Shanahan, and now he's gone. I don't see them repeating that. That was unbelievable what no. Matt Ryan was doing. I'm not, I don't see him doing anything like that again, and I don't see the Patriots – winning the Super Bowl because I think that was a unique motivation for Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and that whole team all throughout the whole deflate gate thing. I think the whole motivation last year was to get back, win another title, make Roger Goodell have to get up there on stage and kiss their asses. I don't think that motivation is there. I don't think the Patriots are going to win the Super Bowl this year. I don't know who I'm picking. I think it's going to be wide open, but I'm not picking those two. Yeah, no, I, I think I'm with you on that one, especially with Atlanta because there's only one acceptable outcome for them at this point, which is they have to win the whole thing. And right. that's not easy to live up to. That's the only acceptable outcome for them right now. Yeah, I, there's no pressure, no pressure, guys. So I'm sure they'll look good. <laughs> but, yeah, no pressure, guys. And there is a very, very small taste of our season preview for the NFL. A little bit of what you get with us here at In Much Less Detail. For Jay, I'm Dre. This has been Kings of Non Sequitur, the off-season version of a much less detailed podcast. Thank you all very much for listening, and we will catch you on our next show whenever the hell that may be. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.